Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Water Cooler Politics with Chris Arms. If you're ready, meet me over at the water cooler. As I record this podcast today, I have to admit that I am sad and I'm angry at the events that happened yesterday at the United States Capitol. I'm sad that I had to witness an institution that I once worked for as a Senate staffer be overrun by a unruly mob to see the Capitol building desecrated with unruly people trying to stop a democratic process of trying to certify the election for President-elect Joe Biden. I'm sad that I had to witness Secret Service agents with guns drawn, barricaded within the House chamber, trying to stop people from entering. I'm sad seeing lawmakers being hurried off the House floor to safety in order to protect them. I'm sad at the reports of hearing about the mob going through Senator McConnell's office and ransacking it, of going through other congressional members' offices and ransacking it. I'm sad that four people lost their lives yesterday. Three of the people that lost their lives yesterday, it was described as having emergency, medical emergencies, while a woman died yesterday, and reports are saying that she was shot by Capitol Hill police. You know, I'm sad today that some people felt that this was their only recourse, that their voices weren't being heard, And the only way that they felt they could have their voices heard was to become a mob and overrun the Capitol, creating complete law and disorder. I'm sad today that the greatest country and the greatest democracy on this planet is being viewed as a third world banana republic around parts of the world. And it makes you wonder, what what do our enemies like China and Iran and Russia and Islamic terrorists, what are they thinking right now? Do they feel that America is coming apart at the seams? Do they feel that we're vulnerable right now and this is the right, perfect time for an attack? I'm sad that President Trump, once you take away the tweets and the unfortunate language and the battles fought that shouldn't have been fought, and you look at his accomplishments of bringing our troops home from the Middle East, not engaging in any new wars while president, the lowest unemployment among blacks, Hispanics, and women ever. The lowest unemployment we've ever had in 50 years. Arab countries in the Middle East making peace with Israel. The Islamic Caliphate in Syria and in Iraq has been destroyed. New trade deals negotiated that are finally in the United States' favor. I'm sad that all of that is going to not be the history of Donald Trump, but it's going to be the history of what happened yesterday. Donald Trump gave a speech before the protesters at the Stop the Steal rally. He inflamed the passions of many in the audience. He suggested that many of the protesters head towards the Capitol building and let their representatives know that they are displeased with the results of the election and this quote-unquote fraudulent vote count. I'm sad that the president never really realized how important and how powerful his words actually are. That he can say something off the cuff and could destroy the stock market, world stock markets. That he could say something to 
inflame a crowd because he gains energy from the crowd. We know that. But to say something and not understand that the crowd was going to take him literally, some in the crowd were, and that they were going to storm the Capitol and do what we saw yesterday. It saddens me that he never really understood the power that he has with his words. I'm angry, along with 74 million other voters who voted for Donald Trump, that we feel that our words and that our feelings are not being heard by the mainstream media and by our elected officials, especially the Democrats. There are a lot of things about this election that need to be investigated and that are very, very shady. And to call those of us who want investigations basically tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, you're inflaming passions. We're not stupid. We see that pizza boxes were put in front of the windows in Atlanta and in Georgia so people couldn't see the votes actually being counted. We see judges changing election law when that is the prerogative of state legislators so that those laws now are in favor of the Democratic Party. We see Stacey Abrams' sister in Georgia who is a judge rule in favor of Stacey Abrams' lawsuit and we're angry that she didn't bother to recuse herself and there's no uproar about that at all. We're angry when we see audits of Dominion voting machines where you take 100 votes, 50 for Trump, 50 for Biden, you run them through the Dominion vote counting machine and every single time Joe Biden is ahead in the votes. We're angry that mail-in ballots were sent to every single voter in some states who were on the rolls some of these folks who may be dead, some of these folks may have moved, that other people may have signed the voting rolls or signed the voting card and sent in a ballot for these people. And we hear reports that the machines used to validate signatures was ramped way down. We're angry when we see the normal mail-in balloting error rate go down when we've had three and four times the normal mail-in election ballots. We're upset about that. And if the Democrats who now have complete power, they now have controls of all three areas of government, that if they enact their ambitious plan of packing the Supreme Court to take away Second Amendment rights and other rights, if they end the filibuster, taking away the power of the minority in the Senate, if they add Puerto Rico and D.C. as two states, adding four more senators, which will put them in power forever, the American people, particularly the 74 million people that voted for Donald Trump and that small amount of those 74 million people who came to the Capitol and became an unruly mob. Do you think that those people are going to stand idly by and watch their country be taken away from them, watch their rights be taken away from them? They will not. They will not let you take away their rights. And what we saw at the Capitol yesterday will be a Sunday walk in the park compared to if the Democrats pass their agenda. As I said, Democrats, you have complete power. You control all three branches of government. But I'm hoping that you will set that agenda to the side, the more radical parts of it, and put America first, not your agenda first. I was hoping that when I saw the re reconvening of the Senate after the mob action yesterday, I was hoping to see conciliatory type speeches that were similar to 9-11 where we need to come together as a country that uh, yes we do have differences but the one thing that we all have in common is that we're Americans. I was hoping for talk like that from the Democrats but we didn't hear that. We heard just more partisanship, more blaming of Donald Trump. That's not what we need right now in this country. We're at a dangerous time in our country. Last time the United States Capitol was overrun was 206 years ago by the British. 
in the War of 1812. What we saw yesterday is completely unacceptable from our politicians, and it's completely unacceptable from the people to take the law, take matters into their own hand, and to literally desecrate the United States Capitol. We've got to do better than this. I fear for the future of our country right now. Georgia has elected two socialist Marxist senators. Our school system has been overrun by socialist Marxists who indoctrinate our children with that philosophy all the way up through their college years. They're taught to hate their country. They're taught that America is evil and a country founded on slavery, a country founded on discriminating against Native Americans and women and minorities, a country of white privilege. We've got to do better than this, or America is done as we know it. The beacon on the hill is over if we don't come together. Doesn't mean compromise. Some take that as compromise when you talk about coming together and unifying. I'm not talking about compromise. There's nothing with the Democratic Party that I can compromise with. I can't compromise with same-sex marriage. I can't compromise with killing babies in the womb. I can't compromise with you can change your gender and be any gender that you want to because you wake up one morning and decide that you're not a biological male or female. I can't compromise with, with their agenda. But we can have civility in this country. We must have civility in this country or we will not survive. Let me close with the allegations that some are making that infiltrators were the ones, Antifa infiltrators, were the ones that were causing most of the mayhem that happened within the Capitol, storming the Capitol, breaking windows. Look, there's no doubt in my mind that some of the people that were engaging in that behavior were probably Antifa infiltrating, portraying themselves as Trump supporters. I have no doubt about that. But I also believe that some of the people that were creating the mayhem and breaking windows and storming the Senate and House floors were also people that were supporter, supporters and voters of Donald Trump. I believe that there is a fringe on both sides of the political spectrum, on the left and right, has its, I don't want to say crazies, but has its people who really take their politics and their politicians seriously. And I think the fervor that was, ripped, that was whipped up at the Capitol yesterday is caused... Uh, those people to uh, to do to storm the Capitol and to put uh, the democratic process and politicians lives in danger. Thank you for listening to this episode of Water Cooler Politics. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star rating on Apple iTunes, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast.